Welcome to Who's the Best, the podcast which discusses, debates and decides the best pop culture icons. I'm your host, Sandro Minetti, entertainment journalist and Disney fan. Today's question, who's the best Disney princess? Now, the debate over this is a tale as old as time. To help us reach a decision, I'll have a panel of experts in the studio. And at the end of the show, I'll be telling you the result of a vote by the most hardcore Disney fans of all, which was taken at D23, the Disney Fan Expo. Now, what are the rules to qualify you as a Disney princess? Well, you have to have a primary role in a Disney movie. You have to be human or become human like Ariel. Uh, You need to be royal, marry royal or perform an act of heroism like Mulan or Moana. And your film needs to have been a box office hit. So sorry, Princess Alonway from 1985 flop Black Cauldron, you do not qualify for this. Now, by Disney princess, I really mean uh, a Disney heroine. In 2016, Disney issued 10 principles for a modern princess, because as we'll learn over the course of the show, uh, the nature of a Disney princess has changed as modern attitudes have changed as well. Those 10 attributes are care for others, live healthily, don't judge a book by its cover, be honest, be a friend you can trust, believe in yourself, right wrongs, try your best, be loyal, and never give up. Not a tiara in sight. Those are the briefings that the Disney screenwriters have when they write a modern Disney princess. Now, um, before I uh, bring in my guests, let's consider the candidates. Well, we have a lot of Disney history to choose from. So uh, who are perhaps the main contenders you might be considering for Disney princess? Well, there's Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Smart girl who loves a good book more than a bad man. She has no superpowers other than sacrifice and kindness, and she rescues the prince from a spell. Um, She's also the first ever Disney princess or heroine with a confirmed country of birth. She's French. Uh, From France to China, Mulan. She's the most badass princess of all. She joins the army. She's just as good and likely better than any of the men, and she saves her entire country. She's a legend. She's not technically a a princess. Uh, In fact, she's the only non-royal on the list. But, you know, we'll have her. Snow White, the original star of Disney's first animated feature film back in 1937 and the fairest of them all. She hung out with seven diminutive minors until her prince came along. Cinderella, the character who saved Walt Disney from bankruptcy with the box office success of that 1950 film in which she goes from scullery maid to princess. How about Anna from Frozen, something more modern? She's quirky, she's likeable, she speaks her mind, she's always positive, and she loves her family. Pocahontas, she's a peacemaker who brings opposing sides together. She has a cool raccoon for a sidekick, and she's the first on our list based on a real person. Jasmine, she knows her mind, she doesn't need to be rescued, 
She thinks most princes are show-offs, but she still falls for the one with the nicest car, or in Aladdin's case, a magic carpet. Uh, she's also Disney's first non-white princess. Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Well, you know, she divides opinion. For me, it takes more than great songs and a cute tale. She makes some really dumb choices. Maybe you have a different view. Now, Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. She's the first and I think only princess who has a full-time job. She starts her own business. Nothing stands in her way. She proves that if you work hard and go for your dreams, you can achieve a lot. She's also the first of the modern era princesses in a real-life environment. Um, she uh, lives in 1920s New Orleans. But there's so many more. Moana, Sleeping Beauty, Rapunzel, and on it goes. I will be having some great guests on today's show. Later, we'll hear from a real-life princess about what regal qualities are really important. With me very soon in studio will be two iconic screen actresses who played the princesses in movie classic Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But first, let's hear from someone born into the Disney way of life and who has built a career around it. 25 years ago, her dad, Roger Allers, co-directed The Lion King. She sings and acts in major Disney stage musicals, and she even has a company which organises Disney princess parties. Welcome to the show, Leah Allers! Hello! Great to have you. <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> Very happy to have you with us, Leah. Tell me, why has the Disney princess ideal endured over so many decades? Why hasn't it, is my thing. Um, I just think, what little girl or little boy these days doesn't want to be a Disney princess? And I think it's well. Just... I'm not sure I did. I'd uh, <laughs> I'd rather be like a, a billionaire with a with a huge sort of mansion and 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 you know enough money to make my own decisions. I but... should probably just speak for myself. I just have always been obsessed with it, and I literally have a room in my apartment called the Girl Cave, which is expressly devoted to basically being a shrine for all things girly and Disney princess. That's lovely. Yeah. So for me, it's like a non-starter. It's just brain, not brain surgery. Um, the movies are beautiful. They're well done. They are fantasy. They are role models. And, you know, Disney is the highest standard of animation. So I think everyone can love it and find its appeal. What was it like growing up for you, virtual Disney royalty, uh, as the daughter of the Lion King co-director, going to all those premieres, going to all those shows? And, and how did those experiences set you up for your career choices? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I think it created in me a love for musical theater because with the introduction of Howard Ashman and Alan Menken on, I believe it was Oliver and Company was the first one, but really Mermaid. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mermaid. It, I love that a Disney Insider calls it Mermaid rather than literally. Oh. <laughs> or Merm. Sometimes I write just Merm. But, um, or LM. But, uh, Leah's yeah. wearing a Merm t-shirt in the studio, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is my most recent Disney gig just a couple months ago at the Hollywood Bowl. But um, yeah, so it was kind of a double-edged sword because it's sort of like when you grow up with so much magic and so many wonderful opportunities and you're surrounded by, I would go to the studio and spend a day there. I would like ditch school and hang out with my dad and hang out with the animators and watch them work and watch the process. And my bedtime stories were literally mermaid as he was writing it and beauty and the beast as he was writing it. So 
That's got to be pretty cool. (laughs) It was really cool. Did you go, Dad, the ending just doesn't work for me. Why does he have to turn back into a beast? I would give him pointers and, you know, (laughs) story structure ideas. But um, no, he's quite all right without me. But yeah, it was a, it was a really magical way to grow up and it brought me into musical theater. It, it brought me into becoming obsessed with Disney, all things Disney princess, which I am. Anyone who knows me knows that. Um, but you pursued a career in acting and, and singing very hard career. Yet you've grown up with this Disney happily ever after. I mean, do you think this hurt or help you when you face the realities of the business? Yeah, so double-edged sword, definitely, because... But you know what? It's kind of life is dark and light, and life is not always easy. And, you know, if you look at the fairy tales, the princesses go through hell. I mean, we always, like, adore the the, the light side of it, and we always talk about that and focus on it. But really, you think about it. They go through major life hurdles and have major life lessons. They're enslaved. They're kidnapped. People try to murder them. So... It's very realistic. (laughs) It's very true to life. You know, the things we go through. I mean, I married, like, how Anna fell in love with a guy who presented himself a certain way and then was heartbroken. That's my ex-husband, you know. Um, Yeah, so, you know, in a way, (laughs) it's almost... it. I do think it is misleading to an extent of like, oh, a man will save me and everything will be fine. I think that was definitely a message that... I'm been I've been like trying to unlearn, but in a way, it's also not that far off because the princesses really do suffer trials as we all do, and they. But the wonderful thing about them is that they handle it with grace and they learn forgiveness. Like Cinderella, to me, she's not my favorite princess, but she is like an amazing role model, and sh- and I believe the live action one did actually really justice to it. With it that. certainly did. Well, you keep believing in those happy endings. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak to our next guests in a moment about the Disney princess myth and uh, whether they think that is a myth, a reality, helpful or hurtful as they uh, pursue their own careers. And uh, talking of our next guest, uh, a couple of showbiz icons, total princess royalty the actresses who played the princesses in one of my favorite movies of all time and i'm sure yours too bill and ted's excellent adventure please welcome to the studio kimberly cates and diane franklin thank you so much for having us here <laughs> as i say as princess well, hang on hang on <laughs> you don't need to do the princess voice <laughs> well of course but if maybe people want to hear it oh you know? <laughs> wonderful <laughs> no I really talk like this so. All right. hello Sandra oh, well, hello hello Kimberly. I'm going to speak in my normal voice <laughs> <laughs> so when you were cast as princesses and you obviously put a lot of thought into this both of you well, of course <laughs> what, what choices did you each make to ensure you had the right regal look voice posture and poise Kimberly um I wanted to have, uh, well, what did I do? I had long hair, I had the right dress, and I had very big eyes. Right. Now, were any of these <laughs> were any of these provided by the costume department, or did you have all these going into it? Uh, no, I had them going into it. I oh, even what? used some of my own clothes, remember? I used some of my own clothes because we didn't have our nightgowns, and we were on the precipice in the castle, and we needed to wave to the boys when they first arrived at the castle, Bill and Ted, and we wore my nightgowns. We really did my own nightgowns. So you basically brought your own wardrobe. <laughs> I did. It was pretty low budget. To be, to be, to be no, fair. we had beautiful gowns, yeah. but they just not everything was you know thought out. We were in the middle of 
nowhere in Italy, if you will. What's the name? Oh, you shot it in Italy? Yeah, yes. we did. That Fairy tale It was kingdom. amazing. Yeah. It, was a, yeah. it was a real castle, 11th century, and it was amazing. Yeah. And same question for you, Diane. What choices do you make to, to ensure you had the right regal quality? Oh, well, one of the first things, of course, was the voice of the princess, which um, could be anything. But, of course, we, uh, as a princess in my imagination... Um, of course, I started to talk like this. They asked me, would you like to play the princess? And I said, well, I've, can you do an English accent? And I said, well, I can try, but I'm not sure if I can do it. And um, But here we go. So, uh, well, I thank you in England. So, thank you. <laughs> I hope that I don't sound too, uh, you know, you, you can tell what sounds really uh, authentic or not. But, exactly. Um, Your English accent's yeah. a lot classier than mine. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Your um, Highness. Uh, thank you. Um, but I do think that uh, what makes, uh, that's what I brought to it, plus obviously the the posture. I, I took ballet. Um, I think that that really is uh, very helpful if you want to have a, a princess feeling. You're you're lifting up out of your hips and you're moving up as a, uh, as opposed to sitting down. And I think a lot of girls don't realize they have the power to move up and walk with uh, as if they're floating as opposed to sinking into the ground. So there's a pointer. Fantastic. And what has it meant to each of you in all the years since to have made such a mark in movie history with a film so beloved? Oh, gosh. Um, well, for a long time, I didn't realize that it was such a popular movie until my nieces came around and they told their friends and then their friends got excited that their so aunt, auntie, auntie Kimberly was, was cool yes finally finally it wasn't just naughty auntie i was cool auntie <laughs> so, tell us about the naughty auntie yeah. <laughs> uh, no not here <laughs> i tried okay okay and when did you first realize that you were sort of uh, part of such a beloved phenomenon was it from the start or did it take a while like no it, did Kimberly? Uh, it took a while and it took uh it took some time for the film to be out and the, the most amazing part was when I started getting recognized on the street for, for being a princess, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's the, the medieval princess babe. And I was like, what is happening? And that they even remembered. I, I thought that was such a compliment, such a lovely thing. Oh, Leah, you've got a question. Yes, I do. Um, well, two, did you get to keep your beautiful gowns? No. No, no unfortunately no. not. But I will tragic. say they were beautiful and they felt wonderful. And I felt quite, um, I felt like the princess when I put it on. That oh. It really helps. Yeah, It does. I mean... <laughs> Uh, Diane, I'm jealous of your dress because I look at it now and yours was so much better uh, fitted. Oh my <laughs> God. Mine was so poorly fitted. Like my oh. breasts just flopped down. It was so not Disney-like. I was Were so you jealous of her nightgown that she brought from home? <laughs> I, I quite coveted it. It was quite lovely. But speaking of coveting, what was it like working with Keanu Reeves? Because I am coveting both of you right now. That well, experience. Uh, for me, um, I got to kiss him. I got to kiss the prince. All right, people. So, uh, yeah, that was a wonderful. When did you? I know. I know. When did you kiss him? I know. I. I. You know what? I had you mean just... on or off camera? No. Yeah. I... Um, oh, never well. mind. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we're sticking to the princess story. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. During the film, at the end, I we actually kissed. That. I know. At the end. I uh, kissed him on the lips. There you go. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Is that? I don't Is think that, that made I've the I've seen cut. so many versions of this I film. I know. Yeah. You come wow. out from behind the drum kit and, and plant the smacker on him. Director's cut, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Sounds more like the Diane cut, yes. actually. Oh, well, I, I faced him <laughs> and I, I, I was like, okay, can we do that again? I don't think that, that kiss was strong. You know, we uh, need to reshoot that. And, and I think Leah's question was, what was it like? Oh, what, oh magical. Yeah. yeah, magical. It was. I, I enjoyed working with Alex and George as well as much as Keanu because Keanu, you know, he was just not really famous at the time. Uh, he was a really cute guy, and I got to ride on his motorcycle. 
Ooh. <laughs> Prince's horse. His steed. <laughs> His steed oh, I don't remember a motorcycle in Bill and Ted. <laughs> How the Italian knights must have flown by. Ooh. Anyway, now, uh, it's great that you all created uh, such, uh, such an iconic film together. But you, you've both had excellent adventures since then. Uh, Diane in a series of other iconic acting roles. And uh, Kimberly too. And also now calling the shots as a successful producer and now director, but how does Bill and Ted still follow you around today, both of you, all these years later? Well, it's the 30th anniversary this year, so we We're have We're recording been, this in uh, late yeah. 2019, yeah. So, yeah. so it's still the 30th anniversary, so we are, um, we've been doing a lot of uh, Q&As and, uh, at screenings because they've been re-showing the film, um, plus also because they did be Bill and Ted's 3, I think that they're the movie has had a resurgence. And um, honestly, like I've had even directors come up to me, the uh, director of uh, the um, the one who's directing Ghostbusters 3. Jason Reitman. Right. He is a beloved, huge fan of Bill and Ted's. And he was in shock. I saw him at a convention and he just lost it. He was like so excited that he had actually met somebody who he grew up watching. So it has influenced a huge part of society. And I think actually the world, when you, everyone says, you know, uh, be excellent to each other, I think that's an amazing message. So continue. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's a lovely okay. message, a lovely legacy. Isn't yeah, it? It, it is, you know, be excellent to each other and um, party on. One of the last movies I did was uh, with Jared Leto and Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal was fanboying out on me. And that oh, was wow. super exciting because wow. I was like, oh, sorry, my gosh. Leah just got very jealous again. <laughs> yes. I yes. Am yes. Very angry over there. <laughs> you know what? I'm joining you. Okay, so we're like, right, yeah, right. I had a lot of snogging with Jared Leto in that movie, by Stop the way. Stop it. You don't understand <gasps> how obsessed I am with him. You have no idea. So they're falling oh. at your feet because you're yes, going to Yes, it's like we got to, yes, so the Paul Princess yes. thing like paid yeah. off. And I had no idea. I mean, it was literally my first film. Diane had was more of a pro at that time. And I was. I was just brand new to the business. But these are princess perks. Yeah. They yeah. are princess perks. <laughs> yeah, now, they are. They're now, definitely. as Diane mentioned, yeah. uh, Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music comes out in 2020 with Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and several of the other original cast members, but not you two, which to me is one of the most bogus moves in film production history. <laughs> What's your view of that? I think it was a mistake. I think there's a lot of fans out there who would have loved to have seen us come back. Um, and in my uh, opinion, um, I have to say, I think it's ageist and most um, sexist, if you must must be honest. I, I do. I, I don't disagree with anything Diane says. And it's it's a difficult you know decision to. And I'm sure it was difficult and weighed on them. Uh, for me, as a producer, I know that you can make any choice that you want with creative endeavors in a film you can you can change it and you can make it have if as long as it has heart which i think the first movie had tremendous heart and it was be excellent to each other i think how they treated diane and i was the antithesis of that and i feel that they are hypocrites agreed so that said will we ever see the original bill and ted princesses on screen again um, well, Diane and I are talking. I mean, at first I was like wanting to do a princess revenge movie, but that's not very princess-like. So I then thought, let's have a better, more excellent, greater adventure. And so I've talked to some really wonderful uh, comedians who are also writers that are pretty famous in the business. And they've come up with a couple of ideas for Diane and I. So great. So the Bill and Ted princesses will rise again in their own separate movie. There's an exclusive on Who's the Best. I love it. So let's talk about the changing nature of Disney princesses together. I mean, starting with you, Leah. I mean, certainly in this Time's Up Me Too era, 
How have you noticed, you know, as a as a, as, a, as a viewer and as a performer, how the nature of how Disney princesses uh, are portrayed has changed? I mean, I think it's I think it's good. I think there there is this time now, and it is needed. I will say though, I hope we don't throw out all the babies with the bathwater because I think for me, and this may not be a popular opinion, but I think there's a lot of power in femininity, and I think that the mistake in this has been that pr- princesses or women need to be more like men to be empowered. And yes. I just yeah. think that we're forgetting what actual female empowerment is, which is the beauty of femininity and the power yes. that's in that. I totally agree with you on that. <clears throat> I, I love the romance part of, I was watching some Disney movies and I, I love the romance part and that's re- real life. You know, when you meet somebody and you have that magic with them, it does feel like a fairy tale. And there's nothing wrong with that. Relationships are important and women are amazingly talented and gifted at interpersonal relationships and nurturing and community and social and, and just because men are not as good at that doesn't mean that is not a valuable skill in and of itself. Uh, and I have to uh, also agree, you know, uh, I mean, one of the things about femininity, it's like uh, we should be proud of it. It's part of who we are. Exactly. And if you are less feminine, that's fine, too. Sure. It's just I think that um, for me, like I was going to say, talk about like uh, Cinderella, you were talking about that. And uh, one of the things I was raised watching that. So to me, what was attractive to it was she was hardworking, but then she got to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that transition when you are poor or you don't have anything and then you suddenly have it, whether, you know, this was a fairy godmother who gave it to her, not the prince, okay? She got this these this dress and this jewel. She, for some reason, was able to bring it on and, and have all these beautiful things, but it was based on her hard work and she was uh, her, who she was as a person. I just yeah. think that's really admirable and, like, I, like, I don't know, I agree that, you know, it's the femininity that attracts a lot of girls it's, mm-hmm. it's so um, true. to it. I it, was attracted to I, it. I, I mean, thought, ooh, I, beautiful I, dresses and, you yeah, know. Yeah, and I think that, I think flippers. it has a, a good message to have character because I think that's one of the most important things about a princess is she has so much character and hard work does build a certain amount of character rather than have every, everything done for you. Um, and I, I do love that aspect as well. And men and women are just fundamentally different. Our bodies really are, are different. Look how different our bodies are. I think our minds are different. So why would we try to force something that we're exactly. not onto ourselves? It's a lot of pressure. Well, it's nice <laughs> to see how the uh, the characters have changed. If you look at uh, Princess Jasmine in the most recent live action remake of Aladdin, you know, she was very take charge, not as passive as the previous version, didn't need to be be rescued. Um, so, you know, there's certainly a changing nature of the Disney princess there. But, you know, generations of American women have grown up with this princess ideal or sort of princess myth, you know. So I, I want to ask the, the three of you, you, you sit here before me all, you know, none of you are damsels in distress. You're, you're, you're all very successful, take charge career women. But has this princess ideal, or what some call the princess myth, helped or hindered real-life relationship expectations worldwide? Has Walt Disney ruined relationships for generations of women? I just have to make a point on what you're just saying. Um, You know, it's interesting. We all are raised with princesses, or at least the acknowledgement of it. I work with a lot of kids, and wow, I never realized how big, what a big deal princesses are in young girls' lives, whether you identify with it or you don't. It, it You hit an, a place in your life where you say, that's me or that's not. Um, I, what I like about the Disney princesses is they've definitely opened up ethnic, um, ethnicity and they've opened up their abilities and um, even like gender sort of things. I think it's such a great thing because we want, I remember, I mean, I don't know if you know this, like I looked for that dark haired, because I have dark brown hair, dark 
brown-haired princess. And then Belle came, and I was like, oh my goodness, I must be her. Like, you know, we all just kind of pick that princess that we identify with. That's natural. That's normal. And I'm glad that that's happening. What we need to do is we need to get, I, I don't see these princesses working as hard as they should <laughs> right no, now. I, 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 need, no. I need them working. And then they can, like, I need that sort of Cinderella thing coming back a little bit. Now, according to Disney historian Paula Sigmund Lowry, when asked for his favorite movement from one of his animated films, Walt Disney often replied that it was the scene in which Cinderella's rags are transformed into a ball gown, allowing her to attend the ball. Now, that's a perfect visualization of Cinderella's dream coming true, her dreams of happiness, not necessarily about meeting or marrying the prince, but simply being treated as someone other than a servant, as a person, and being able to leave her workaday life and attend the ball brings that dream to life. So is that a fair summation of what you're all looking for from from a Disney princess? Well, I like the idea that she was her she was her same self. She wound up becoming who she was and then gained the confidence to then go out to the ball. She got confidence. Then she went to the ball. Then she met the prince. Now you might say, well, he didn't really meet the real her because she was, you know, cleaning up. But no, that's not true. That was her gaining confidence and then going into the world and meeting a man. And I think that's when the relationships work. Yeah. The reason why she had a fairy godmother was because she was pure of heart. Um, Character is what earned her that magical transformation. It wasn't that she found the man or whatever. The man fell in love with her because her character was so upstanding. She was such a kind, good person, and she went through hell, and yet she still was able to forgive her stepmother at the end. And I just think, morally speaking, that's a that's a wonderful lesson for anyone. But, the yeah, the Disney princesses, several of them, I mean, Moana does that. I think mm-hmm. I love Moana also because of her grandmother, the relationship with the grandmother. And oh, yeah. and it's like, I thought that was a beautiful touch. And I also loved how the ocean was a character in Moana. Mm-hmm. And I loved how the Polynesian people were represented. And it was just such a beautiful part of uh, culture that is not represented so much. And so I really found uh, a lot of affinity for that. Well, we'll be talking about Moana and a whole bunch of other candidates uh, later. Later, and I'll be asking each of our guests to say who is their favorite Disney princess. Now, we've heard from Hollywood royalty. We'll hear from them again later. But now I think it's time to hear from some actual royalty. I recently had the chance to speak to a real life princess. Princess Karen Contrell is a princess of Indonesia. It's an honorary title. Uh, but she lives here in Los Angeles from where we're broadcasting the, the show. And I started by asking the expert, what qualities do you need to be a princess? A princess must be very respectful, humble and brave, fair and confident. She must be noble and loyal to her subjects. Being a princess is not just about titles, tiaras, or marrying a prince, but it's about emulating courage, heroism, and generosity. So how has the role of a modern princess changed to that of the past? Well, I have to tell you, gone are the days of the prince rescuing the princess, marrying and they live happily ever after. Royal women may have had more power in the 14th century than most princesses do today, but theirs was hardly an existence worth romanticizing. And modern princessery involves charity work, devoting yourselves to good deeds and being very diplomatic. What qualities define a Disney princess? Well, she's humble and kind. She knows her self-worth. She sets boundaries and doesn't let others walk all over her. She's a wise leader, and she has to demand respect and honor. Do you think the Disney princesses have helped 
or hindered women's expectations in life? Well, I truly believe it has greatly helped. A princess takes great pride in how she presents herself to others. She defines herself with integrity, moral values, and her choices in life. How do you think the Disney has changed the nature of their princesses in recent films? I really do believe that the princesses in each of the Disney films are actually very, very positive role models for young women who have slowly and effectively challenged all the gender restrictions of the past, and they definitely advocate for equality in all realms and for the ultimate success of women. Interesting. So who's your favorite Disney princess? And why? I absolutely love Princess Meridia from Brave. Princess Meridia celebrates an adventurous natural beauty, and she displayed her inner strengths of bravery and fairness. She had a real passion for life. She's authentic. She's a real individual who benefited from her mistakes, and she triumphed over all her obstacles, which is something to be exceedingly proud of. Meridia? I mean, how do you forgive her? for turning her mother into a bear. Okay, okay. Sure, she went to a witch to change her mother, but she was horrified when her mother ate the cake and was turned into a bear. She and her mother went back to the witch and found the note. Fate be changed. Look inside. Mend the bond torn by pride. Princess Meridia showed us all that she had faults and she had learned from them. She mended the tapestry and wrapped it around her mother and it instantly changed her back into a human being. To be very clear, she was perfectly imperfect, just as we all are. She serves as a great role model to everyone. And Princess Karen also serves as a great role model to everyone. She does wonderful work here in California uh, with the Royal Society of St. George. That's the Queen's Charity in America, California branch. So uh, check her out, Princess Cantrell, and thanks for her contribution to the show. Now, in a moment, um, I'm going to ask each of the panellists to make the case for their favourite Disney princess. But, you know, we've heard from real-life royalty there. Let's discuss um, the newest royal uh, from Britain, Meghan Markle. Oh, now, my God. <laughs> Meghan and the way she's going about the job, how do you think that she has changed the international perception of what it is to be a modern royal? I think that's a wonderful question. Um, I think, honestly, she when she first came on the scene, I thought, finally, there is this young energy, this young woman who is to understands where she is in the social picture, as opposed to, let's say, someone who was raised, maybe with raised as royalty, raised with it. She's coming from the outside and her perspective is so valuable because it's not only um, she's not only it's an international um uh, perspective. Um, it's a racial perspective. And um, she is so, um, I think she just so appreciates her position. And she also, her behavior, body and voice are exemplary of a princess. I had heard that Megan had a new publicist in Los Angeles. I didn't know it was you, Diane, so congratulations well, on Megan? the new appointment. I hope she's paying you well. <laughs> It is time to ask our uh, Hollywood royalty and nearly real-life royalty um, uh, who their choice is. So I'm now going to ask each of the panellists to make their case for their favourite Disney princess. 
Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Kimberly Cates, away you go. Well, I have two. I, I can't no, help it. No, not acceptable. Pick the first no. one. Oh, yes. no. no, this is I so hard. This, this is, is my draw. choice. As a princess, I have okay. two choices. Princess gets her way. Okay. And I love Princess Anna. I watched that movie recently. And I think from Frozen. I loved how she interacted with her sister. I loved her courage. I relate to the awkwardness because I am very klutzy. And she was funny. And she didn't care that her sister tried to kill her. She still went after her sister to rescue her she made mistakes like falling for the guy that she shouldn't have prince han the fraud and then she finds like a real partner in life who's just like a regular guy who she becomes friends with and then they have a partnership and you feel like they're going to build a great business together which is what i think most good marriages or business or partnerships should be and i i just loved everything about her now the next one i have is moana which i already talked about i love moana because she was incredibly courageous and she had more of a purpose than Anna she was trying to save her people and I think that that's one of the things that Disney princesses don't always have is they don't have a purpose like a bigger purpose than finding the guy or you know what so I loved the whole quality of that filmmaking and the songs were amazing in that movie um and I really like Dwayne Johnson too as <laughs> <laughs> let's uh well I will add both those votes uh to the public vote and, and see you. if they make a difference so um and let's go to your fellow Bill and Ted's princess, Diane Franklin. Who's the best Disney princess? This is so hard. And it's hard because every princess has something positive. Talk and about drawing out the drama. Work. Yes, I know, I know. I, I love Princess Jasmine. Um, but I agree, like, you know, uh, you made an assessment and I didn't realize it. Um, uh, it was something about... Um, like I say, anytime you're ready. <laughs> okay, well, um, so I would, I'm going to have to go with uh, Moana. Why? Um, okay, Why? well, because the thing is that she she didn't have a love interest as much as she... And she did have that battle, she, you know, she was trying to help the people and... Um, She's the most contemporary that that brings. She has the ethnicity. She has the strength. She has the. Uh, she goes after what she wants. As I think we've learned over the, the past discussion, it's not an easy decision. No. Who is the best at Disney They're all princess? Wonderful. Yeah. So Leah Allers, in less than twenty-five minutes, Great. please tell us who is the best Disney princess. Um, Aurora Obv. Oh, Sleeping Aurora, Beauty. Sleeping Beauty Sleeping gets a mention. Yes. Briar Rose, she goes mm-hmm. by many names, but she is the best. She has the best hair, guys. She, her hair. Well, okay, this go. is not my only reason. Darn it, hair. Like gorgeous <laughs> hair, beautiful. She also is so, like, she's a picture of grace. She's a real woman. She's not like a child. Like, Ariel's like kind of a kid. A lot of them are very young or foolish or just immature. She's just, she's, um, she carries herself with royalty and grace and character. She wanders through the woods, which is a pastime I love to do. She sings. I'm a singer. She talks to the animals. I'm an animal lover. It's just, it's all good. Her mom's name is Leah. So hi. Oh. <laughs> um, and, and then she also, was 16 years old and she has the purest pedigree of all Disney princesses. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. And um, I just think it's of such a high pedigree just like aurora herself in terms of the artistry well thank you for that and and thank you for all of your votes on every who's the best show i listen carefully to the debates made in the studio and then i cast my own vote and after your careful consideration i've decided to go in a totally different direction uh because my best disney princess is Giselle, played by Amy Adams in 2007 <gasps> Disney film Enchanted. Which I auditioned for. Oh, oh my God. 
gosh. I obviously oh. didn't get it. Oh, I would have loved it even more yeah. if, uh, if, if you. you got Amy the Adams is wow. lovely, though. She's uh, she, she is, is wonderful. She's, and she's was perfect. She's a, uh, a princess in every best sense of, of of the phrase, off screen as well as on. I love the idea of an archetypal Disney princess being transported from her animated. Uh, world to modern live action New York City, mm-hmm. where Giselle finds her fairy tale happy ending, marrying her perfect man, and running a successful fashion business. It's an homage to and a parody of Disney princesses, and it even has great songs from maestro Alan Menken, for my money, the best Disney composer. Uh, so maybe an ironic choice uh, given the the nature of the film, but it's Giselle. For me, yeah. and was that was that a Disney princess? Yes, it was. It was wow. uh, Walt Disney uh, Pictures released that movie, sort of live wow. action in in two thousand seven, and it, and it mixed traditional uh, Disney animation at a, at a time when uh, you know it went back to what the nine old men were doing, right? That you know the nature was changing, so it was a was throwback the to the past. And uh, the, the the prince, prince? was uh, Patrick Dempsey. Well, James Marsden was the yeah, was the James prince, Marsden. and oh. Patrick Dempsey was the uh, was the, was the dream guy that uh, she married. <gasps> So we're getting closer to the result of the public vote, but uh, regular listeners to Who's the Best will know that uh, actor Harry Van Gorkum has uh, joined us on many shows. He has a vast experience of, uh, of Disney films from taking his two lovely daughters to see so many of them. That's Poppy and Sophie. So um, Poppy and Sophie, Harry's daughters, have weighed in with their opinion of Who's the Best Disney princess. Hello, my name is Poppy, and my favorite Disney princess is Rapunzel because she has long hair. You know, I almost said Rapunzel. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of my top five. Hello, my name is Sophie, and my favorite Disney princess is Elsa because she has magical ice powers. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you, <laughs> and uh, well, that's as good a reason as any to uh, to, to to vote for for some. Now, there's uh, there's a the few we we haven't uh, really discussed. Um, the latest uh, Disney animated princess or heroine to get the live action remake treatment is is Mulan with a much anticipated 2020 live action uh, remake. She's kind of like the warrior uh, princess. Um, you know, uh, Kimberly, as a as a movie uh, producer, obviously, you know, uh, China, uh, you know, is such a big part of the modern box office game. Disney films do so well in in China. Is this just a concession to the Chinese audience, or or is it the fact that Mulan is just a, you know a great character and deserves another film? I think she deserves another film. It's been a while since the last Mulan, mm. and I think it's a really you know it's an exciting opportunity to bring that culture in also into the Disney because it's real, it's live action. And I, yeah, I think it's a brilliant decision on their part and a business move, of course, but it's, it looks really great, by the way. I've seen some. I also think it's the one that it's very much lends itself to a cinematic live action vibe. Like the, the movie, the animated movie itself, like it, it's very cinematic. And none of you picked Snow White. Um, you know, she was she was the first. She's princess. the worst. She was the youngest at fourteen, uh, but she's the most iconic, isn't no, she? No, but you know, she's, she's <laughs> like who sings like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that uh, was a bird impersonation. That was beautiful. That, <laughs> yes, that was good. That. that was good. Yes. You were yeah. About oh, Snow White. oh my! But you know, the cleaning of the house. I'm sorry. Like, just no. I can't see a princess. I mean, hard work is fine, but she's cleaning after men. 
And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have probably said that. But like, she's, it seemed like she was just cleaning after the men all the time. And I'm like, oh. What I think they you? need to do an updated version of her. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Well, they did with Beauty and the Beast with, with, with Belle. You know, what did we think of Emma Watson standing into taking on the iconic role of Belle? Yeah, I mean, she didn't really have a lot to do. I mean, what was her purpose? It's like, okay, he was a beast and she got locked. Well, she got to be nice to him and she then loved him even though he was a beast. So it's like just acceptance about acceptance. She did sacrifice herself for her father. I do like the fact she also reads. So there. Yeah. yeah so that's another so, thing, right? <laughs> so I have, I, I, I'm still stuck on something with Rapunzel. Oh, yes, Rapunzel. I have, I'm stuck on Rapunzel because did you know that Rapunzel in the Grimm's fairy tale is the only one that was pregnant? That's right. Yes, yeah. they got rid of that in the Disney version. Yes. But yes, she was she was in the original Grimm's fairy tale. Huh. Uh, she, she was pregnant that. and, and locked, in, locked in a tower. But uh, you know, um, great you hair know, though. Entangled. The let's brush all the history aside version. <laughs> um, you know, she's she's removed from her parents' custody as a baby, rather than being locked up in tower because she's an unwed mum. Yeah. Um, okay. Ah, Disney giving Disney it the old brush. Yes. Yes. My favorite, my daughter's favorite uh, one was uh, Rapunzel, and uh, she's uh, tangled, so lovable. Tangled. Tangled. I love yeah, Rapunzel. Loved so her. darling. Well, <laughs> there's the so things. many possibilities, but it's almost time to get to the result. <gasps> The Who's the Best team were conducting a survey of the hardcore Disney fans attending the recent D23 Expo in Anaheim, California. This is a fantastic event. If you love Disney, and if you're listening to this, I presume you do, then be sure to go because it's everything Disney under one roof in a huge convention. You know, the stage shows, the cruises, the cosplay, the movies, the animation, the theme parks. It's great. And uh, at D23, attendees were asked, who is the best Disney princess? Normally give the top three on our shows, but now I'm going to give the top six. In reverse order, the fans have spoken. I'll be getting our panellists' reactions after the vote. Thank you. In sixth place, it's Princess Jasmine. In from uh, Aladdin, in fifth place, it's Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Uh, in fourth, it's everyone's favourite domestic servant, Cinderella. Ooh. You shall not yes. go to the podcast ball. You've not made the top three. Aww. This is the top three in Who's the Best Disney Princess. In third place, Belle. From Beauty and the Beast. She loves a good book. She hates a bad man. She's finished third. <laughs> In second place, Snow White. What? Yes. What? The Disney fans have oh reached back gosh. to the past and put her in second. So... It was a difficult choice. We asked Disney fans, who's the best Disney princess? Their answer... Sandro. <laughs> I'd just like to accept the tiara and uh, look for my new live-action oh, version, stunning, darling, Princess stunning. Boy, coming soon to theatres. <laughs> there we um, go. <laughs> That'll be next. <laughs> but the real choice, when we asked the Disney fans who's the best Disney princess, they answered quite emphatically, Mulan. 
<gasps> yes! Oh, they kidding. like a badass, who, yep. fierce warrior. Amazing. Um, maybe yeah. they're just really anticipating the new live-action version of uh, of Mulan. I but, was going to uh, say, did Disney corporate get a get a hold of <laughs> these kids beforehand? There were a lot of people in suits and mouse ears who were answering these, the these questions. I'll tell you, that's a wonderful thing to hear. I am <laughs> relieved because I teach a lot of kids, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that tells me something really good that that we're like. Kids are noticing that uh, girls can be, can I say kick a kick ass? Can I say it? Okay, kick ass. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Leah, that uh, one of the many fascinating things you you do is that uh, you organise Disney princess themed parties. I What's do. the name of that business, and what what princesses do most of the kids want to be? Well, I it's not a dress up kid thing it's more of a i do it for women because women have little girls inside of them and i think that a lot of women these days need to be reminded so they, they all get drunk they put on their tiaras <laughs> and they sing the disney songs this sounds great it sounds like an episode i'm, I'm at your next birthday party kimberly <laughs> yes, you should okay. you should hire leah for this, this I'm is cool. yeah. Yeah. so yes. contrary to popular belief it's not for children but i mean it, it could be but yeah it, my company's called bunny buxton and it's brand new. I, I was doing this for all my girlfriends for the last 10 years. And I everyone was like, you got to do this professionally. You got to do this professionally. And everyone loves it. That and I will fun. say that I've converted many a naysayer, even girlfriends who were like, oh, I don't like Disney. I don't like animation. I don't like Disney Princess. And then they, they get into one of my tea parties. And then they're like literally at the end of the day twirling around going, it was so <gasps> magical. Are you going to do a special Mulan themed party following the result of who's the best? Because it's clearly what the public want. I mean, honestly, that's a great idea. I have to. Yeah. Great, I'll take ten percent of the profits. <laughs> so, uh, moving, moving on. Any final reaction to the results from our our movie princesses, uh, Kimberly and Diane? I'm just, I'm surprised that Moana's not in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm too. I am like, she's yeah. well, you know, and, and, and looking she finished at number it, eight. Yeah. yeah, wow. I mean, Mulan. How long was the animated version? When was that? Twenty years ago. About so. Yeah. Well, so it is the anticipation of the new one. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also, you know, I think it's, again, what you're raised with, what you grow up with, what you're shown, you know. Uh, so um, I think uh, I remember Mulan stuck out at the time when it came out um, because of uh, so many aspects of the of the film. So maybe that is part of it. Yeah, um, she she dresses up like a boy and... Mm -hmm fights and yeah she's Girls really courageous they and do they love to yeah I've well we've uh, we, we've heard all the wonderful things uh, Leah is uh, is up to um, we've heard about uh, uh, your your party businesses as, as well I uh, want to ask our Bill and Ted's uh, princesses uh, what they're up to uh, lately in their careers and where people can learn more about them well, right now, this is Diane, and I am uh, acting again. I have a film out uh, called Amityville Murders, but that's all Ooh. different. It's actually out right now, and uh, I have another film that's coming out at the end of the year um, called High Holidays, so you can look for me in that. Kimberly, take it away. Tell us about the world of Kimberly oh, Cates. Well, oh, I am producing and uh, direct. I just directed something, my first um, feature piece Yay. um yeah it was a, a, a christmas movie with uh, kids and a dog is it nice to call oh hang on children and animals have yes, you learned anything working. from your producing career no it was it was actually really lovely and they were wonderful to work with the dog is very trained um very expensive but very trained um let's see uh, so i've been distributing films producing films for the last 15 years and running a company uh or a public company and i'm the ceo 
now. Um, so it's just been quite an adventure, and I'm developing a lot of IPs with some wonderful writers. And uh, working, I have even a project with Diane's daughter. She's an incredible talent, Olivia. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's great that you've all found your own happy endings in life and continue to live your dreams. That's an inspiration to uh, all of us. Uh, so thank you very much uh, to our guests, Kimberly Cates. Gambe. I'm, so- I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Well, since Mulan's coming up, that is cheers in Chinese. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, Diane Franklin. Ta-ta and have the most triumphant day. And, <laughs> you see, that's more like it. You know, and, on brand. And, and Leah Alice. Bibbidi-bobbidi-bye. <laughs> and scooby-dooby-doo. That has been Who's the Best Disney Princess. You know, please check out our other Who's the Best shows. Uh, please subscribe, rate and review and get in touch. And one way you can do that is through our social media. On Twitter, we are Who's the Best Pod. On Instagram, we are Who's the Best Pod. Easy to remember. Um, I want to leave you now with uh, some favourite lyrics from a Disney song, which I think are appropriate. Uh, we've talked a lot about Cinderella. In her opening song, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, this is the main lyrics. Remember these words. Have faith in your dreams, and someday your rainbow will come smiling through. No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dream that you wish will come true. Thank you for listening to Who's the Best. Who's the best? The best. This podcast has been a Right Angles production. <laughs>